Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about your empowerment with knowledge so that you can make smart financial decisions in your life. And I want to tell you, so many of us are going to be traveling by car in the next few days. There's really great news, as you know, at the pump. Prices are now lower than they were before Russia's invasion of Ukraine, where we saw record all-time gas prices earlier this year. And let me tell you, you and I have been hurting. Truckers, independent, over-the-road truckers, have had it worse than anybody else. Why has it been so rough for them? Well, because you may not notice when you drive down the road, but diesel prices have gone absolutely crazy. So these truckers have been paying a zill for every gallon. And those trucks, what they got? Three, four, five miles a gallon? Imagine that. And there was a huge gap between the cost of regular and trucker diesel. And now not only have gas prices come way down, but what truckers have to pay has been coming down. Not as fast, but coming down. And in the low gas cost states, prices are in the twos again per gallon. And that's like money back in your pocket. I mean, earlier this year, you went to fill up, money was just flying out of your wallet. And now the reverse has happened and that fill up is costing a whole lot less. But it's not just these crazy moves with gasoline. You may have heard we had a really good inflation report earlier this month. There's less and less inflation showing in more and more sectors of the economy. And there's a new report out from what's called the Adobe Digital Price Index that finds that prices for online purchasing of goods have been going down and down and down month after month. And so we've had prices earlier that were going up, up, and away. And now the reverse is happening. And a lot of product categories, prices are coming down. Now, the other really good news in this is that more and more economists are less and less worried about an ugly recession happening. In fact, there's even some economists that are saying, you know what, we may just have a slowing economy. We may not actually have a true recession. And that's good news too. The longer inflation baked in, the harder the Federal Reserve would have kept punching us in the nose. And now that inflation is calming, seemingly, doesn't mean we've defeated inflation, but it means it's going the right direction. It means that we may find that jobs are not as plentiful as they've been. And we may even see headline rises in unemployment, but we are not going to see anything really terrible in this area. So the great news this week of Christmas 
is the economy that was giving us nothing but lumps of coal from Scrooge is now smiling on us more and giving us a better hope. Christmas season is about hope and joy and love and peace on earth, right? So we're definitely getting more hope, hopefully more joy. And the economy that was really going so badly off the tracks with the cost of living is now moderating. And it's because a lot of that enormous push by the U.S. Congress just shoving massive amounts of money into the economy in 20 and 21, that sugar high is over. The Federal Reserve keeping interest rates really low, that is over. And so it's all about getting us back to economic equilibrium and we're moving that way. Does it mean that it's going to be wonderful for everybody? No. We've already seen employers who've announced various layoffs. Amazon just laid off another 10,000 people 10 days before Christmas. Amazon, really? Anyway, it is not the best of times in the employment sector. And what's moving forward is going to be rough for some people. But overall, it looks like it's certainly not going to be the worst of times. And having an economy that's a real economy, not one fed on borrowed money, will be a positive for the country. Krista? All right. Laura in Ohio says, Clark recently spoke about mortgage rates probably going down in about a year. We are thinking of moving and have started actively, though not really aggressively, looking. However, we're also hesitant due to the six and a half or more percent interest rates. Right. Would it be wise to continue to look? And if we do find something, buy it with the idea that we'd be able to refinance if and when rates go down. We do not have a lot of experience with playing the real estate market and loans as we have lived in our current home, our first and only for 32 years. Wow. 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 Okay. 32 years, one home. Nobody does that anymore. That's really cool. So, yes, mortgage rates are very likely, nobody has a perfect crystal ball here. But if you just look at the trends, mortgage rates are likely late in 23 to fall back into the fives. And if I were to be really foolish and make a prediction, in fact, you should note this one, Krista, so people can make fun of me later. My best guess around five and a half percent. We are not going to see a return to the crazy low artificial interest rates the Federal Reserve manipulated in the mortgage market where we had rates like you and your husband have the 1.75% percent mortgage. Tons of people have mortgages in the twos or threes. We're not going to see that. So for people that are in those really low rates, those are not coming back. But ending up somewhere in the fives, probably likely, if you have a lot of equity from having been in your home 32 years, there's a product that may really smile on you, and that's a 15-year mortgage. Those may well go back into the upper fours sometime next year. And so if you can afford the payment on the higher rate, sellers are much more negotiable right now because the buyers have mostly evaporated. And so you can find a deal on a property where you're getting decent concessions and uh, they're offering you this, that, and the other. then. Yeah, go for it because 
you're the lonely buyer. There aren't others out there right now. And this one is from Greg. He says, I've been a loyal listener for years and certainly appreciate all of your advice and suggestions helping us navigate the world of finance. My only issue is I'm Canadian. Although much of your advice is worldly, if I can say that, other things are USA specific, the IRA, Roth, etc. So my question is, do you have a suggestion for a good Canadian podcast that is as informative as you are? Do you have any Canadian friends with their own shows? I've tried a few. They are not even close. Thanks to you and your team for all of the hard work and effort to keep us informed and helping us to keep money in our pockets. We love our Costco too. And have a safe and wonderful holiday season. Greg, thank you very much. Oh, wait. So this has been an issue forever because when I was in syndicated radio, I went on the air in Canada back in 1999, I think. And I would hear from Canadian listeners, you know, there's really great all this stuff you talk about, but we've got this rule and that rule and we don't have this account and that account. And so you're right for you. I'm only good at giving general advice, and I apologize for that. And I'll have to look, because when I go to financial meetings, I meet very few Canadians at those meetings that are working in financial media, and I'll see if I can look around and find something that will work for you and other Canadian listeners I would also say, let's um, go onto our community, if you can, at Clark.com. It's a great idea. And post, and I mean, it seems like your audience has like just such a wealth of knowledge, and we could have lots of Canadians on there who could help each other out. And Greg, one of the dumbest things I ever did when I was on book tour one time, I was on one of the major news stations in Toronto, and they said, well, what do you think the key thing is about this book? And I said, well, it's all about saving a buck. Could I have said something dumber with the loony and the toony, toony or whatever? And they said, Clark, we don't use the buck here in Canada. And I was like, the interview went downhill from there. (laughs) Oh, well. So sorry about that. We're going to talk straight ahead about renting a car 101 as the rental car market comes back to life where the rental rates are not at a point that you want to go rent a U-Haul Instead of renting a vehicle in a lot of places. Literally. Literally, people were renting U-Hauls because they were so much cheaper than renting a car. Um, Now the car market for rentals is becoming more rational, not fully rational. What are the rules of the rental you need to know? I'm going to share it with you. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia, identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks, and automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Car rental game has gotten tougher for us as consumers. And I want to make sure you know how to play 
a rough and tumble game because Avis and Hertz and Enterprise, which own almost all the brands that you see of car rentals, those three companies own bunches of other companies. So it looks like when you get to an airport, oh, look at all this competition. There's 10 different brands here, but really there's only three all under that umbrella with different marketing thrusts for different brands like Avis and Budget, same company. Hertz owns a ton of them. Enterprise owns National and Alamo, just to name examples. So when you go to rent a car, you need to know that the car rental companies are becoming more and more and more fee aggressive. And you got to have your act together before you ever get there. Rule number one, shop for your rental car at the time you book an airline ticket. Shop again seven days out from your rental. Lots of times, I'd say probably 90% of the time, the car rental I book in advance drops when I reshop it seven days out. If it doesn't, what does that mean I do? Well, all I do at that point is I stick with what I've got. But again, nine out of 10 times, I'm rebooking to a lower price. That's why the car rental agencies are dangling slightly lower prices for you to go ahead and book and pay at the time you do your reservation instead of just booking a reservation. Don't fall for it. Just book the car where you're not paying for it yet. You're just reserving and then much closer, reshop, get your lower price. And if you know you're going and it gives you that option of prepaying for a lower rate, then less than a week out, go for it. Two, make sure you know what your own automobile insurer covers you for, for temporary use of a rental car. And know whether they define temporary as 14 days, 15 days, or 30 days. Varies on the car insurer. Almost all car insurers will cover you more or less for renting a car. You cannot rent an exotic car and be covered. Some companies will not cover you if you rent a pickup truck. You got to know that. And then the second part of this, if you're a regular listener, you already know what I'm going to say next. You want to have a credit card that covers what the automobile insurer you have does not. So secondary coverage. Some credit cards provide primary, where you don't even involve, in most cases, your own automobile insurance, because the credit card you've used to pay for that rental handles any oops that happen when you rent that car. Next thing, always, always be prepared at the rental car counter to turn down all the pseudo-junk they'll offer you. They'll try to trick you into paying for a tank of gas. Don't do it. Rent the car with a full tank, buy gas to fill it up before you return it, and get a gas receipt. All the junky pseudo-insurance they try to strong-arm you to buy, if you've done the stuff I talked about with your credit card company and with your insurer, you'll, in confidence, be able to say no to all that junk. When you get to the car, you want to take your phone and shoot video and or pictures 
of the condition of the outside of the vehicle. And a suggestion I had recently is if there's any damage inside the vehicle, take pictures of the damage before you leave the rental plaza. Your phone will have time stamped that. Anything that's damaged, when you get to the place where they got the gate and you have to show your driver's license and stuff, have them note on the contract at that time the damage that you have found on the vehicle. These things are important because when you return the vehicle, they will hold you liable for any of those things if you've not done that. So when you return, take pictures or shoot a video again. Be present for the walk around of the vehicle. Just because the person there says you're all clear doesn't mean the car rental agency will not later send you a bill for thousands of dollars. That's why you take the pictures when you rent and when you return. Takes you just a minute to protect your wallet from potentially thousands of dollars in losses. And I book whatever's cheapest for a car rental, but not necessarily the cheapest company because I know by reputation who it is who people have had trouble with. But when I'm booking a car, the patterns are so funny. When gas prices were really high, you know, back in the summer, I was able to get my best deals on SUVs because nobody wanted something that was burning fuel like crazy. Now it's reversed and the dinkiest cars, once again, are the cheapest. So what am I going to be running now? The dinkiest cars, because I always follow my wallet. Krista? Okay, I've got a question about a car rental gone wrong from Jody in Georgia. Junk fee alert. A rental car company just squeezed another $30 out of me three months after the car rental agreement ended. Total charges in Rhode Island cost me $6. I think she meant toll toll charges cost $6. But the gluttonous car company charged me an additional $30 in administrative fees. To top it off, the toll roads did not allow me to pay on the spot. This is maddening. I noticed the BBB has many complaints against this car rental company for the same issue, and some of those that complained received waivers for the administrative junk fees. I wrote the company directly to see if they would avoid a scathing review on BBB by waiving my administrative fees before I penned a complaint. Nope, they're willing to take the hit. Yeah, so I got to name this company because this has come up repeatedly. It's Dollar Rent-A-Car. Dollar Rent-A-Car has decided that this is a gouge they love. And it's not every location of Dollar Rent-A-Car, but it's a common practice by Dollar locations to charge you a massive surcharge for having to handle the paperwork of billing you for the tolls that you accrue while you're in a rental car. Now, I've talked before about buying a portable toll reader if you travel frequently in rental cars. And I have one of these, and I go on the app, and uh, this the toll reader I have the works in 18 states from Minnesota and a lot of places east. And with it, I put in the plate or tag of the vehicle I've rented. You put in the make and model, may ask the year, depends. And then I'm charged automatically to my device instead of, and then I'm charged just regular retail for the tolls. And that way you avoid these junk fees that a lot of the car rental agencies are charging. 
And I think I told the story recently about my oldest brother who was in Washington State in California and got hit with all these toll charges, principally from California. And the state was charging, or the toll authorities in California were charging all these markups on the tolls. So being prepared, if you're doing frequent travel through areas with tolls, is a big help. I also, on my uh, Google Maps, I set it when I'm in a rental car to avoid tolls. And unless it adds an enormous number of minutes to the trip, I just avoid the toll roads. And we'll put the toll reader that you have in the show notes for this. I also got an Easy Pass reader, which I forget how many states that works in, but I ordered mine from Massachusetts, even though I don't live there, because it was a free for the reader. And then I use it. I do travel there a lot. And so I use it there in other states. And why do you travel so much in Massachusetts? Because I have a daughter. Because your daughter goes to one of the most selective colleges in the United States. Speak up for your daughter. Oh, my Claire Bear goes to, yeah, a great school up there, BC, Boston College. Which and is where Krista I went, went there too, as yes. well. <laughs> so Brainiac mom, Brainiac daughter. She's amazing um, and I have lots of friends up there. Anyway, next question, Jennifer in Georgia. I have a 2016 Hyundai Santa Fe. My blue link will not load. Because it will not load, I cannot use my backup camera, hands-free phone feature, adjust the heat and cool to the desired temp, listen to podcasts, etc. I contacted the dealership to do a hard reset. They told me there was nothing they could do. I called corporate. They said Blue Link will be going bye-bye on December 31st, and there is no alternative and to contact the dealerships. The customer no-care service lets you know that the system will be gone at the end of the year and to trade up. I just paid both of my Hondas off, and now the center consoles are worthless. I'm barely keeping my head above water and cannot afford two new vehicles. The financial manager at one dealership told me that this was a blessing because I needed to trade it in and get an electric vehicle. And okay, this is so, true. I verified that Blue Link is going away. Yeah, and Blue Link controls what systems in a Hyundai? I can get that list, but they were saying like all the Bluetooth. Backup camera, hands-free yeah. phone. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that explains something. I didn't know why I was seeing a lot of promotions on websites for buying Bluetooth systems that you add on to your car. Mm-hmm. Just out of out of nowhere in the last month. So it must be tied in with this Hyundai thing turning off their thing that operates Bluetooth. The add-on Bluetooth things for a vehicle, this will only help with part of what you're having a problem with Hyundai about. The add-on Bluetooth devices are very easy to set up and they're very, very reliable. They bring the sound through the speakers of your vehicle normally. And so at least that part you can take care of. Backup camera is very important. Again, you can buy an aftermarket backup camera. Some are easy to install. Some are difficult. But I would really suggest because of the problem of uh, backing out of a space and running into a pole, running into another car, uh, sadly, tragically running into a child, something like that, go ahead and install an aftermarket backup camera. And... Hyundai not doing this is it's the telematic system. It's for the 2012 to 2016 Hyundais. Wow. I mean, that's just really classless. Yeah. To 
turn something like that off and tell people tough. And something like that recently we heard about happened. Was it BMW? There was another system that went away. Well, BMW is experimenting in different countries, turning capabilities of BMWs off unless you pay them monthly fees for those safety capabilities. Okay, and here's one from Tom of Wisconsin. I plan to ship a vehicle by transport early in 23 from the Midwest to suburban Phoenix. I hear on the podcast about precautions when selecting a household moving company, so it would not surprise me if auto transport also has its problems. I have quotes from multiple providers, and although price is important, I'm entrusting a pricey vehicle into the hands of a total stranger. Please provide recommendations on how I can vet these vehicle transport companies for the intangibles like safety, timeliness, vehicle security, damage, etc. Love the podcast. Always listen during my daily walk. Thank you very much for that, Tom. And I have found that UShip is the best source to use for getting quotes and checking the reliability as best you can of a car transport service. And it's the letter UShip.com. And it's a reverse auction. You post the vehicle you want to move the date range that's acceptable for pickup, the date range that's acceptable for delivery, and then you will get bids. And companies, instead of the bids going up over time, the bids go down over time, with companies offering you better and better deals as the days go on of your bid period. And you will see some of the companies have huge numbers of reviews. And read the reviews, and you'll be able to see who is proven over time to be the most reliable. Um, I've found that people have had great success using U-Ship to move cars. I've moved a car through a bid that I found on U-Ship, and the company that did it was fantastic. And it was a coast-to-coast move that went flawlessly. Is it cheap to move a vehicle? No. But with U-Ship, you'll likely find the best price you can find for a very reliable provider. And I want to thank you so much for listening today. I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about Clark's Christmas Kids. It's our 32nd year collecting donations for children in foster care. This year's campaign, again, we were able to take care of many, many, many thousands of children who aren't with their families this Christmas week and fulfill their wish list for Christmas. And we invite you to donate to make a difference at ClarksChristmasKids.com. This has only gone on for 32 years because it's spoken to people for 32 years who've wanted to make a difference and wanted to help a child who no fault of his or her own is not with family this Christmas week. Thank you very much. And if you don't meet again this week, if you don't tune into another of our podcasts this week, I wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And if you celebrate Hanukkah like I do, Happy Hanukkah to you.